Welcome to Hashtag Love Yourself. I'm your host, Jesse Jobson, and I'm going to guide you on your personal journey towards self-love. Hi, my beautiful souls. Welcome back to Hashtag Love Yourself. Today's episode, we're going to dive deep into healing the masculine energy, the wounded masculine energy. So I don't know if you have um, listened to my prior podcast on masculine and feminine energy. It was a really good basis to kind of get your feet wet and knowing what this energy is about. But after doing that podcast and doing all that research, um, not only was I really intrigued by this information, but I was just blown away by how much the wounded masculine and wounded feminine, but primarily the wounded masculine dominates and um, takes has taken over our world, our cultures, our societies, and how most people just live from a wounded masculine um and obviously with it being a primarily in our um, outward environments, right, in our societies and our cultures, it's like um, something that has just continued like um, a chain of pain, which is unfortunate. And so with the healers and um, the people that just want to be better versions of themselves every day, I know that's you and that's the person that's listening to this podcast or watching this video. So since that is part of your intention and part of your mission to heal yourself and love yourself and love other people, this is a really important topic. And it's a really, I found to be probably one of the most important topics um, that I have researched so far. And so I'm really excited to bring you guys this information because um, it has been healing me and healing my life and healing everybody that I know. Um, And I haven't even like, I feel like I've just like hit the tip of the iceberg. So Let's dive in. So first thing I wanted to talk about is um, what masculine energy is, just for the people that haven't listened to that prior podcast. So masculine energy in general is the energy that we draw from those like male or masculine type characteristics. Can I say that properly? <laughs> um, so, so things like being protective, being supportive, being a giver, being structured, being goal-oriented, being a driver, all those things that are a part of us, right? Um, that are really the masculine energy of us. And, and just as a disclaimer, if you have, like, if you don't have a lot of background in this information, um, every single person on this planet, doesn't matter if you're a boy, a girl, or what you like identify as or whatever, every single person, all humans have both types of energies. And, um, so since we both have, we have both, Um, usually one of them is like a stronger, uh, primary that we, uh, live from, right. And it suits us very well. Just depends on the person, very unique to you. Um, but usually how it goes is that males are primary in their masculine energy. Okay. And then they have feminine energy and it's really important for them to be, um, having a healthy feminine energy within themselves and using those characteristics super like that energy and having like those traits be, you know, present as well in a healthy way. Same thing as a woman is that a female will usually have a feminine energy as her dominant. And this is not always the case, right? So I want to put out the disclaimer that it's not always the case. And this isn't to um, be like, you know, like, oh, all women identify as a woman, right? Um, Or all men, um, 
you know, identify as a male. So you don't have to, you can um, put those pronouns that I'm going to be using in whatever place is best for you. And just know that whatever your primary is, you're still going to have the other, right, as your secondary. So um, even if you're like, let's just say for me, I'm going to use myself as an example. I am a female. I identify as a female and I came down to earth with the purpose and the desire to have um, primary feminine energy with my, with obviously I'm going to have uh, masculine energy, but that masculine energy is going to be secondary to my, my feminine energy. And so, um, even though I, it's not my primary, I still have a wounded masculine energy. Does that make sense? So, so essentially don't worry about your gender. Don't worry about your preference. Um, just know that, um, whatever is your primary and you'll discover that once you start researching and understanding yourself more like what your um primary energy that you decided to come forth with for this life and for what you want to do all right so um our world is set up though in if if you haven't noticed it's set up in um masculine energy has been the dominant but it's not just set up just in masculine masculine energy it's set up actually in wounded masculine energy. So that's why you see throughout history that we have um, been uh, power over different races, uh, different genders, so like male over female, right? White over um, black or any other race, right? Like that's why you see the this power struggle and this power over someone is because it's, um, we've have a culture and societies that are built upon this wounded masculine instead of the healthy masculine. And so that's why this information is really, really intriguing to me and really, really important I feel for our world is because if we can start to understand this energy, right? And we can understand what is wounded and what is healthy. And then once you have like that knowledge, then we can learn how to heal and we can learn how to like move into, um, healing this type of energy and hopefully becoming um, in the world that it's not just one over another type of energy, that we're both working two energies and our societies have a good uh, flow of both and that we work, you know, independently and in within ourselves to balance these at the right levels for each one of us. Okay, so so things to think about, like, well, how do I know that we live in and breathe in a wounded masculine energy society and culture? Well, things to think about. So a wounded masculine is going to be overworking, overachieving, overdoing, um, like I said, the power above someone else. So power making someone else a victim, right? How many times in history have we seen that, right? Where, um, you know, countries uh, dominating another country, um, a race dominating another race, uh, gender dominating another gender, um, even sexual preference, right? For God's sakes, right? How long did it take for gays to be able to be married legally in our United States? You know, it's, I mean, it's insane to me. So if, power over someone when you when someone feels like they need to be power above another thing or person um then that's wounded that's a wounded masculine energy it's not a healthy masculine energy 
Um, and another thing to think about is like, you know, how many times do we hear that old saying of like, men and boys don't cry, you know, um, don't be such a sissy, you know, we're telling like boys that kind of stuff when they're crying and, um, and not nurturing that feminine energy that's within everybody, like um, allowing boys to play house and play with dolls. I know that, you know, my generation is being more accepting of that. But back when I was a little kid, I remember grandparents and even some people's parents wouldn't let my friends um, that were boys play with our dolls, with the girls' dolls and play. And boys need to learn how to be daddies too. You know, we need that role play as well. So so that is really the type of society and culture that is masked around the world. And some cultures, you know, um, have a healthier version of, of the wounded masculine um, environment. But as a whole, we are wounded masculine. We live and breathe in societies where like jobs, nine to five, everybody has to be the same. You know, it's starting to change, you know, especially you can see the change that has come with COVID and things like that. That's more of a feminine way of living, you know, people being at home with their children, um, different things like that. So, you know, things are starting to shift, things are starting to change, but I think this awareness and understanding of just how big um, our culture is really living from the wounded masculine, I think is super important because once we have that um, awareness of what that is and what the healthy one looks like, then we can try to gravitate towards the healthy one and put things in place for the healthy energy there. Um, so another thing to think of too is like, um, how this energy really became wounded, right? Like how did we get to where we're at today where we're just living and functioning in wounded masculine energy societies? Well, um, the, one of the things to think of is that our cultures really do glorify masculine energy, right? We glorify it above the feminine energy. And when that, when we did that, when we started to glorify it, it became like this unrealistic like bar that we set. So, um, you know, everybody having to be like a super woman or super man to, to prove that, you know, that they're like, you know, you're above the rest or whatever. Right. So the, like I said, the overachieving, the overdoing, the, the working yourself to death. Like I, I know as, um, from experience, like traveling around the world, when I would go to other countries, um, everybody was dying to come to America. Like people would give like, you know, give up marriages and like, you know, they would give their right arm just to get over here. Um, and then when they would get here, I remember the thing that they would say is that everybody just works. Like they could not believe, like it was like you work till you die type thing. And, and that's so true is that with, especially America being so glorifying the the wounded masculine so or glorifying masculine energy so much it just got so the bar got set so high and so tall that all we were doing is driving all we were doing is you know goal setting all we were doing we weren't doing that and we need it we need that balance of like the healthiness of like the feminine energy's job is to do rest and relax, right? So that's why you need both of them inside yourself, right? Like you need to work hard to attain your goals. That's your masculine energy, but you need that rest and relaxation so that you can refill yourself, right? That's the feminine energy. 
Um, okay, another um, thing is that we have adopted the beliefs in the world that the feminine energy qualities are somehow weak. Like I was just kind of explaining, like, you know, boys can't be crying and all that kind of stuff. Um, because feminine energies are like our emotions, being really intuitive, being really vulnerable, like, you know, all those kinds of things. So expressing our emotions is actually seen as a negative trait. And, um, and, and if you do it, like in the workplace, you get a slap on the wrist, you know, you get taken to HR. And so our cultures are just really set up that it's not feminine friendly, to be honest with you, right? I mean, think about it. I know in America, some places are different, but I know in America, when you have a baby and you're expected to come back after three months of, and they think that that's like this, you know, God-given gift. And three months is not nearly enough for a child and the primary caregiver to be together every single day and bond. And um, other countries do it flawlessly where they're with the baby from birth to two years and they're paid and they're taken care of. And that's how life should be. Like we should not be, you know, the nurturing side of, of humans, we should be nurturing that next generation and nurturing ourselves and, and nurturing um, our children. And, and that's feminine energy, right? We should be um, putting that up just as high as getting, you know, the money, getting the success, getting the cars, getting, you know, all those things are great. I'm not saying that the masculine is bad, but I'm saying the feminine is just as important and it's just as needed. And I don't think that, um, I think we have a lot of beliefs in our culture and our societies, um, that really, you know, keep the feminine energy down at a low rank and saying that it's not as important, like raising children, you know, I, f I remember for a long time raising children, being a stay-at-home mom, is not accept, not really as accepted as you know, being the CEO and winning and you know, winning the corporate race. And I remember, it, you know, personally when I told my husband that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. If he married me, I needed kids. And if I, you know, was going to have kids, I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And I remember him and I'd say 80% of the people that I knew when I really did what I said I was going to do with my first son, people's jaws dropped. And people were nasty. They said mean things. They, they treated me as if I wasn't pulling my weight in the family. That I wasn't, because I didn't have a W-2 um, that I, you know, wasn't um, holding up my side of the bargain in the marriage. And it just was really, you know, like just that is a great example of what our cultures and what of our societies have really done to the feminine energy because there's, to me, um, there's nothing more important than rearing that next generation and, and doing it with such focus and such thought. Um, I'll tell you now, I work full time and I'm a mom and it is probably the most stressful thing to do both at the same time and think that you're making a, a positive impact when you're focusing eight hours a day on something completely different. So um, I think it's really, I hope that our society, I feel like COVID shined a really big light on um, how moms actually can be at home with their children's and make, you know, make output and, and complete goals and actually do jobs from home. So um, I think that that was kind of a really big eye opener for our culture and our country. Um, but I'm really, really hoping that that is that we start to 
understand how important those young years of uh, life is and how important being able to nurture without having the responsibility of all the other stuff that is so that so much it goes into you know having to try to provide and all those things right and not to say that like single moms can't do it but you know, there should be some relief, right? There should be some help. And um, I know that if if we can put um, men on the moon and monkeys on the moon, I think that we can um, find plans to, um, you know, encompass moms being with their children for a few years, even um, when, when the children are born. So, um, okay, so um, back to you know, those beliefs that people are adopting that are, that the, the feminine is just lower, you know, like, um, they always talk about men shouldn't, you know, like men shouldn't uh, talk about loving one another, because then that makes you gay, which is so wrong, and so incorrect, and so um, hurtful to, to so many people. But also, at the same time, it's like, that's what we need in our masculines, right? A healthy masculine is going to be able to tap into that feminine part of their energy and and um, and love, right? Love their their other men, right? And I'll go into more on why that's important um, a little bit later. But being vulnerable is often um, something that when you are vulnerable in our society and in our cultures, you're often taken advantage of. So that's another like really unhealthy belief, right? Um, it's a belief because it actually does happen on the, on the regular. I know that when um, I'm uh, vulnerable, I'm usually exploited or taken advantage of by people. And, and then that makes me, the uh, feminine, you know, more wounded and makes me not want to like tap into that and natural um, version of myself that that wants to be vulnerable with people and vulnerable people and vulnerable circumstances are really necessary for a lot of things. So um, the next thing is um, wounded energy wounds energy. So essentially what we've what's happened, right, is um, it only takes like one wounded person, right? to end up wounding everyone around them, everyone they know, everyone they touch. So it's kind of like a plague, kind of like, you know, like we've experienced with COVID, right? Is um, you don't even have to, you know, be around someone for very long to to feel their wounded energy. And, and essentially, if you don't know how to heal that yourself or transmute that yourself, you're just going to end up being wounded yourself. And then you know, you're going to wound other people because a wounded person wounds everyone else, right? Um, they always say that, um, you know, uh, an abuser wasn't, was uh, a victim at one time, right? And that's how they became an abuser. It's just a vicious cycle. And same thing with the wounded energy. Um, so it was interesting when I was doing my research, I listened to a lot of um, men talk about their wounded energy and where it came from for them. And, um, primarily like, you know, it, they talked a lot about childhood and, you know, like either a dad being, uh, present, right. Or absent. Uh, so an, an abusive father or an absent father is where a lot of people seemed to have, uh, received their wounds and like be acknowledging that was where the wounds have had started. 
Um, but then also um, the last video that I got really intrigued by, a man was talking about how he didn't really feel like he got wounded energy from his parents, but that he was in an abusive relationship with a wounded um, feminine who really wounded his masculine. So that was interesting to me because I always just believed that, um, you know, this all starts from childhood, right? But maybe not for some people. And I thought it was really beautiful that he was vulnerable enough to share that, that he you know, had such an unhealthy relationship with this romantic partner and she really did a number on him. And, and he talked about it like being like his first love and like, you know, how impressionable you are with your first love and how vulnerable you are. Um, and so, um, so just know that it can come from not just childhood, but it can start in adulthood. So you might have really healthy, um, pe uh, parents, not people, <laughs> you might have a really healthy environment as a child and healthy parents. Um, and then get into like your first, you know, relationship of a romantic partner and just it can totally do a number on you. So just just know that it comes in different forms. It doesn't always come from the same source for every single person. Um, so, yeah, but another thing to think about, too, is that fears are passed down from from ancestors. And this I love this um, experiment story that was told on one of the other YouTubers. She um, explained that there was this experiment that they did. Um, cause they were trying to like see if it was just a theory that, um, you know, like trauma is carried through generations because we see that, right? We see, you don't really necessarily have to experience trauma, um, to be fearful of it. So like your fears might actually just be from trauma that like your grandma and grandpa like experienced. You didn't even experience it yourself, right? It, like trauma is passed down and fears are passed down in that like far, you know, and even further, um, so they did this experiment to, to kind of test that theory. So what they did is they took these group of mice and um, every time that they were going to do like the shock, they did with the shock on the their bodies, like electrical shocks, they would give them the smell of cherry blossoms, okay? And so that first generation of mice, all, they were in fear. Every time they smelled cherry blossoms, like, you know, like their brains would go crazy and like all the hormones, you know, for like, you know, fear would like sh shoot off, right? Then this, the, the generation after that, so the children, they um, were, they were having the same experience. So it's pretty much they were like taught, you know, like anytime you smell that, you're going to get shocked. So they had never even experienced it, but they were in fear of it and they lived in fear of it. And the same thing with the grandbaby generation, same exact thing. They had never experienced the trauma, but they were in fear of it. So anytime they smell it, oh, they were in fear. It was great. It's crazy. So it just proves to us that it's actually happening to us too. You know, we don't have to experience the trauma to have the fears and the wounds. So your wounds or you're carrying your grandmas, your great grandpas, all that kind of good stuff, wounds. Um, and we have a long, long history of wounded masculine energy. So um, so buckle up because it's going to be a, a lot of healing. <laughs> okay. Um, another thing, the reason why that this um, energy is so wounded and like nothing's been really done about it, to be honest with you, is because... Our cultures don't really value emotional and mental health, um, in, which just perpetuates the masculine wound, right? Like nobody's valuing like, you know, like 
depression, we're just popping a bunch of pills and, and masking over it instead of like doing inner, inner child work and, and, and our shadow work and figuring out where do the, where does this depression stem from? Like why, why do, do we feel this way? Right. So, um, so I think it's really important for us to like be more aware, but also to be more, um, more focused on that type of health. You know, physical health is great, but um, it's just as important as our mental and emotional health. Okay, so another one reason why we have such a really high wound and where this is coming from is from male abandonment. So um, remember how I talked in one of like, I think it was the father wound um, episode. Uh, that episode, I, I gave the statistic that 24 million um, homes are fatherless, right? And so when we have men just walking out on families, walking out on children that they helped create, um, and there's that absence of that masculine energy, it's, it's naturally just going to create a wound from the absence, right? Um, but also too, it's like, there's, there's another piece to that, right? So there's, there's the absence of the father, but then usually because there's an absence, um, like there's an imbalance too. So when the mom has to step up and be a single mom, she has to, if she's a feminine energy, right, then she has to step up and she has to try to, you know, be something she's not. And, and that usually, even with her best intentions, it usually, because it, it is, it's imbalanced and it's just not like the right amount. It, it perpetuates and it grows the wound. So the absence makes it worse. People trying to fill in a void that they have, they really have nothing like not as much to give as it is needed. Right. And not to like, I don't ever want to talk bad about, um, uh, single moms and, and the jobs that they're doing because I'm uh, now a single mom myself, right? But I I want to say that there is a reason why there's a, a mother and a father, right? And not to say that we can't have two fathers and, you know, and raise children and two mothers and raise children. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying that there is, there's a design, right? There's a design in humans and there's a design to have masculine, a dominant masculine and dominant feminine. And that can happen in two same sex couples. But um, it's really important to have that um, those two dominants, um, two separate dominants. OK, and um, and so when you try to fill in the gap for a dominant that's not there, you end up wound, you end up feeling it artificially, but also like wounding it even more. And it's, it's hard, right? So, um, there's no really cure to like the absence, right? Because it just makes things worse on all fronts. All right. So, um, one thing that one of the, um, psychologists and podcasters was saying that I thought was really, really important about this wounded masculine energy is that, uh, physical presence with emotional absence by a father is actually a greater damage to someone's energy and to, to a child than the like someone being physically absent. So 
So if they're there, but they can't give to their child because they're just emotionally unavailable, which is a wounded masculine, right? Which is the kind of the culture we're living in, right? They end up doing more damage. The damage ends up being greater than it is if they, if there was just a hole because the feminine would do what she needs to do, right? Um, but it just would be, it's so much more greater because when you have something there and you think it's real, but it's artificial, it makes it so much, um, more damaging, which I, I really found that to be interesting. Okay. So then that leads us to like, so how does wounded masculine show up, right? How does that show up in people and everyday experiences? How are we going to know what wounded masculine is? And so the, what I love about this research for me personally in my life is like now, literally since I've been doing this research, I'm like, like I'll be watching a movie or I'll be even watching life, right? Like I'll be watching myself. I'll be watching my ex with, with my kids and I'll be like wounded masculine, wounded feminine, <laughs> you know, like I'll be pointing it out like, and I'll be able to see it now. It's like, it's almost like a blindfold has been taken off. Like I can see it. And then, and then I can have healthy conversations with people like, Hey, that really was like a power struggle. Like, and that was wounded masculine energy. Like, you know, like, um, where did that come from for you? Like, you know, I can really like be vulnerable with someone and like really help heal. And, um, and so this is, this section is really cool. You'll be able to like pinpoint people in your life, things in your life, maybe even things you're doing yourself. Um, so let's just dig in. So the, uh, more out of control someone feels inside themselves is actually going to be like the more they try to control other people. So, so wounded masculine is very controlling, right? It's very, here, let me go over the list with you guys. So this is how wounded masculine shows up. Okay. Wounded masculine shows up as anger, manipulation, power over someone or something, right? Like we talked about before, abusiveness, lack of trust, dominating, controlling, overachieving, manip I said manipulative before, um, reactive, aggressive, uh, closed off, has walls up, emotionally unavailable, right? Needing to be right. I see this in a lot of people needing to be right. They argue things that really don't matter and they're mean to people that they love and that they actually really like just for the sake that they have to be right. Right. And it, and it has like, like a lot of like uh, pain in it. And you can feel it when they're arguing with you because they come off really powerful and like really like alpha, like they're gonna, they're gonna like, you know, dogmat you. Right. Um, so stuck in the ego, someone who can't get out of their ego, um, being argumentative, being constant in hustle with no breaks, the feminine energy. Remember that's the rest, the respite. So being constantly, I, oh, I got to hustle. I got to get this done. Right. I know for me personally, that is, has been a big thing my whole entire life. Constantly have to be achieving, constantly have to be successful, constantly have to be getting everybody and everything in order, in line, right. Controlling, controlling, right overdoing, overthinking, overgiving. So that person that you think is like the sweetest person on the earth and on the planet because they have such a big giving heart, it's actually really a sign of trauma. It's, uh, which is sad because we would think, right? Like that, oh, they have such a big heart. They're so, they're so giving. It's, it's a sign of their wounded masculine because you don't need to give at such a high level. And, and a lot of it comes down to like that that thing in the end, you know, like when you follow that down, what is that, what is that really saying? Why are they overgiving? And it's because they want to feel like enough. 
they want to feel enough to people or they want to feel to themselves that they're enough that they're giving to others, right? Because in our society and our cultures say, oh, you know, if you're a nice person, you give to people, you give gifts to people, right? Well, maybe not though. You can be a good person without that. You can be a loving person, the most loving person and not give stuff away. So you don't need to. Or you can, if it feels good and it feels aligned, but over giving, an excessive amount of giving is unhealthy. Um, over competitiveness, right? Forcefulness, and then power over, again, anything, but specifically power over the feminine was um, really a repeat. And I think it's because we have um, lived generations after generation of um, trying to be above instead of working beside that energy, which is unfortunate, but I feel like we're starting to turn a corner, which is really good. So then what does the sacred masculine show up as? And what I mean by sacred masculine is healthy masculine. Um, this just in the, in the like spiritual community or, you know, the new age community, we call it sacred masculine. Um, so what that shows up, so to be a healthy masculine and the healthy masculine that's within every single person, doesn't matter if it's your dominant or not, these are the, the traits that it's going to show up as, okay? It's going to show up as deeply present, okay? It's going to show up as being aware and structured, holding space, discerning, decisive, um, having a clear purpose, being loyal, being logic or logical, right? Firm, uh, with reason, survival, having that survival instinct, adventurous, uh, doesn't judge. So it doesn't judge others, right? It's not like, oh, I'm above you or, oh, let me compare this to person to this person. It doesn't do that. Um, where am I? Sorry. Um, focused, confident, protective, honest, accountable, um, has integrity, humble, has healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries is um, important for both of them, for both energies. So if you're having a lack of boundaries, um, it could be for either your feminine or your masculine. And that, that needs to be in line for both. Um, offers stability, offers security, and is very secure in themselves um, and is responsible. So like you can see in this list of things that are like the healthy masculine energy, um, it's just really like to me when I think of like a healthy masculine, it's just really in their own, right? Really in their, um, in their like who they are, in their purpose, like being, being able to be present, but being, you know, have, being able to have fun and being able to be adventurous and um, being goal oriented and, and completing those goals and being successful, right? All of those are our masculine energy and, and we need to, we need to be able to tap into those in a healthy way versus, you know, being above other people and judging other people and, and, you know, trying to do a power struggle and all those things. We don't need to be doing that. That's our wounded masculine. We've lived too long like that. We don't need to do that any longer. Okay, so um, so then it kind of moves us on to like, how do we heal this energy, right? That's the big question. Now that we're aware that this energy is literally driving our world, right? 
this wounded aspect of it instead of the healthy, which the healthy, we want the healthy, but we also need it to be paired with the feminine to be healthy. It needs to be equal to the, the feminine in our world for us to like move forward. But so how do we heal this wounded version of, of the masculine that we need so badly in this world, right? Well, first things first, I think that this is like can go for most people. Most people I know, most people, you know, that I've ever talked to, most people I watch YouTubes on online is if we forgive our fathers. And even if you have a father in your life, and even if your father was there, you know, you were raised with a mom and a dad, like in a home where it was like they were together, they never divorced, all that kind of stuff. I'll tell you this, is that we have this idea that the perfect home is a mom and a dad, kids, and a white pig offense, okay? Like we all know, right? And a dog and a cat or whatever. <laughs> and I really, truly, my whole life believed that that was, if you had that growing up, right, that you would be healthier, than the people that like grew up in single, like I grew up in a single um, parent home, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, or, you know, kids that gr don't grow up with their mom and their dad or whatever. And now that I'm an adult and I'm learning all this energy stuff and I'm learning about how to love myself and what it means for people to, to really be healthy at a, at, a, at a functioning level. And I'm discovering that the people that had the mom and the dad and the white picket fence and the money, lean into their toxic tendencies way greater or or at the same exact level as someone who had ab absent parents and they were fending for themselves on a regular basis so what that tells me right is that as as people were, were even if you have a mom and a dad if they're wounded and they have wounded energy which majority of the world is wounded, right? We're, we're discovering and we're figuring out that, that it's few and far between that we're finding these healthy versions of these energies out there. Then it's it's the white pick a fence or the house or the mom and dad being together doesn't matter because you're in the same boat as the person that had the crack mom and the dad was gone. Seriously, the energy is still dysfunctional, still wounded, it's still hurting, it's still damaging you. And so those people that I like idolized my whole entire life, like, oh my, you had a mom and a dad, oh my gosh, and you had like, you know, one other sibling, and wow, you had like amazing Christmases. They're the people out there that are power hungry, and they're the people that are controlling, and they're the people that aren't willing to apologize when and be vulnerable in a relationship that unless you act a specific way you they want to put their hands around your neck and control you right so that's what i'm discovering just from my personal experience so what i'm saying is you don't this whole this whole thing of like whether you had a dad in your life growing up or you had an absent father right he wasn't there for you and that that is really clear right like people that grow up without dads right or didn't grow up with a dad in their life majority of the time, um, it, it's, ex it's expected, you know, you're going to have a lot to forgive. But even if you had a dad there all the time, there might be things that you're holding on to that, um, you know, from their wounds, right, 
that you need to forgive so that you can heal this energy, right? And one of the one of the guys that was really, really informational about this wounded masculine energy and how to heal it, he talked about his his theory was that masculine energy heals wounded masculine energy. So for example, um, I have a lot of wounded masculine energy, right? Um, partially because I grew up um, where my dad was absent most of the time. And that really did a lot to my energy. And, and so then, you know, he is saying, this guy is saying, well, since that came from the masculine, since the masculine wounded you, you need the masculine to heal you. And actually when I was thinking about um, that and thinking about how I was gonna heal myself, heal this wounded masculine, it really made a lot of sense that that's true. I do need masculine energy to heal. And, and how that happens and how that plays out is I need a healthy masculine to heal. And so I, um, the one thing, or the one song that I always think about when I think about that, of that type of healing is uh, Kelly Clarkson wrote this song. I think it was um, Piece by Piece. I think that's the name. Anyways, that's part of the chorus. Um, forgive me if that's not the right title. But she, she talks about um, Piece by Piece. Her husband uh, healed. Oh gosh, that's hitting my heart right now. It's making me like, that's making me cry a little bit. Her husband is, is um, heal, healed her from her dad that walked out on her because he stayed and he will never let their daughter see a day where he doesn't care about her. A lot of energy there that hit really, really deep. So I, when I was um, learning this information, I turned to my ex the father of my children. And I had a realization that I said, you're supposed to heal me. <laughs> you know, um, you have, you have to get healthy and you have to heal your, your wounded masculine. And then when you're a healthy masculine, cause you're the father of my children, you being healthy will heal me. Right. And not that I can't heal without him. And, and so that's not to say you need someone else to heal you. But I think that there's a lot of energy in and a lot of purpose and a lot of truth in what that man was saying. And what he was saying is that healthy masculine will heal your wounded masculine and you need a masculine to heal your masculine energy. And I really, really, truly feel that in my energy. And obviously, like from how much emotion came out of me when I was thinking about that, I really feel like that's so true. So, um, so so the calling, right? The calling is we need men, we need you to heal this wound. That is what the earth is calling for. Our earth, so that the feminines can heal, we need masculines, males, we need you to heal so that you can be healthy. And so that that just being healthy, you don't have to do anything else. Just be healthy and you will heal. You'll heal everyone you know. When you heal, you heal every single life that you touch. So you heal yourself, you heal your parents, you heal your siblings, you heal your kids, you heal your grandparents, you heal the family tree that you didn't even get to meet because you came so many years after they did. You heal that many people when you heal. So this is a call to the world 
right? That one of the things that our world needs right now is for men to heal their their wound, their wounded energy, their wounded masculine, um, which will naturally heal the feminine, right? And so, um, and even for me, you know, like I'm gonna do all that I can to live in my healthy, my healthy masculine, my healthy feminine, right? And when I'm living from a healthy um, masculine and a healthy feminine, then I'm gonna attract that, right? I'm gonna attract that out of other people. It's gonna be like a, um, like, you know, two magnets, right? just be attracting, attracting that health from one another. And so that's all you have to do. You just have to be, you just have to live from a healthy place. And if you have that intention every day, you'll get there. I promise. So, um, another thing to think about is like trusting the masculine. We've got to, I know that like the feminine, right. And like we have, we have been dominated for so long and it's really hard to trust someone who has abused you and all those things. And I'm not saying like, this is like for like one person who is in an abusive relationship to like, just go back to the abuse and keep taking it. That is not what I'm saying at all. Or to like, um, to give trust where trust is not warranted. Right. At all. I'm not saying that, but, but we have to have trust in the masculine and trust that the masculine can heal, right? If we don't, then it's not gonna happen. So we need to be able to trust the masculine again. And that's really hard, hard when we've been abused and wounded. So first thing first, stop the abuse, stop, stop all those things and live from your healthy. So release that power trip, release um, your control, be more transparent. And then, you know, males, I want you to love one another. Like, you know, feminines, we can give you like this, an amazing, abundant love, but you, there's another kind of love that comes from like another man that we need, right? We, we need that to rise up. We need men to be talking to other men and telling them how to get through hard times in their marriages, right? We need to be like there for each other when a, another male has a baby and the dad is getting frustrated. He's never been in that spot before. Fathers, uncles, other, you know, um, people, other males around that are fathers show up, support him, talk to him, give him love, you know, remind him of what a powerful supporter and protector and man he is, right? We need that. And when we're doing those things, then this will heal, right? We will, our masculine will heal. So just live from your healthy masculine and, um, and allow your feminine to help the masculine heal. All right. Well, that's all I had today. I hope that you learned something. I know that this has been, like I said, one of my favorite topics to really research. I can't wait for next week's episode, which is going to be healing our feminine energy. I'm going to tap in and dive a little bit deeper into that, um, that wounded feminine and how, how we can really, um, see where it shows up and see how it plays out and see how we can be, um, live at a more healthy place with ourselves in that retrospect. So, or not retrospect, <laughs> respect. <laughs> All right. Well, so good to um, spend this time with you. Um, have a great rest of your night and, um, I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.